two episodes in one week. Thanks to some sassy comments from my sister about, where's my show, bruh? Uh, that's actually how she talks. She's, she's, she's fun. She's a fun lady. Um, but in this episode, we talk to Miss Terry McDougal, who is actually not that far from me, just uh, south of the Wisconsin border outside of Chicago. And she is, uh, she was in the corporate world doing an office, nine to five, marketing, that kind of stuff. And she got sick of it and kind of went out on her own. And now she, uh, for lack of a better term, coaches, works with people who are moving into upper management, but maybe have never done it before and don't have any idea what they're doing. My advice, uh, not being in the corporate world at all, would be to fire someone on your first day. And that way, everyone knows you mean business. Uh, I doubt she would agree with that. But um, if you, <clears throat> excuse me, are in that sort of world, you're in the corporate world, and you find yourself not knowing what the hell you're doing, uh, give her a call, shoot her an email. Um, she does have courses. She works with you basically one-on-one, -on -one, that kind of stuff. <coughs> she wrote a book. Look it up. Winning the Game of Work. Colon, career, happiness, and success on your own terms. You can find her on her website at terrybmcdougal.com or email terry at terrymcdougal.com. And I will have all these links in the show notes and all that kind of stuff. Super sweet lady. Um, she and her children also love Six Flags in Gurney, Illinois, because they're right down from there, and I'll actually be taking my boys there. About a week and a half from now because the little guy is finally tall enough to go on all the rides as he says but yeah we talked about that what it's like being from chicago for her anyway um kind of how she got into what she was doing whether it was a good choice a bad choice how scared you were to go out onto your own because the pay is not guaranteed all that kind of stuff just kind of what she does on an average day what i do on an average day um and she grew up actually now that she lives in chicago over on the East Coast, so she had some pretty good stories from around there, and uh, her father worked for old Ma Bell years ago, and uh, <laughs> I think she said 40 sometimes they, 40 sometimes that they had moved before she was 11, which is crazy um, to talk to a person that moved that much as a child, and who's perfectly normal as an adult. She's not a serial murderer or anything like that, so that's good. But yeah, super fun chat, so enjoy that. And as always, I'm going to keep doing this until someone actually messages me something, even if it's like, sup? Hey, one word, I don't care. Um, Instagram, I am at, now what shall, WTA. Facebook, you can find me, just type in the name of the show, now what shall we talk about. Email is now what at talkaboutpod.com, patreon.com, slash... N-W-S-W-T-A would be awesome. Hey, and one last thing that I almost forgot to mention is two more reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thankfully, they're five stars. Uh, Man 21 and Dustin P. I think I have an idea who one of them are, but I don't know about the other one. Um, so, thank you to you two. Uh, fantastic job. Now, if we could just get the other seven people that listen to do the same thing. It helped move me up on the charts on Apple Podcasts. Not that I'm even relevant compared to the 10 million other shows that are out there, but every little bit helps. So if you are listening on Apple, you don't even have to do a review. Just click the five star. That's it. One click. Done. Poof. 
it took you longer to listen to that last sentence than it would take you to do that. And I would much appreciate it. All right, you guys, enjoy the show where I am talking to Terry McDougal. See you next week. Like that. I like that plan. We're technically now live. Well, that's the goal is I didn't want scripted. I don't want an interview. I just want random people. Tell me about yourself, your life, what you do, <laughs> what movies you hate, whatever. I, you know, uh-huh. I, an organic conversation. Yep. That's the goal. And just so you know, um, this is only the third one of these that I've done, but shows us the video because it's easier to talk to me when you have video but it only records the audio okay that's great so if you sneeze and you make a weird face or something it (laughs) the video (laughs) just goes away once i hit stop and it only saves the audio portion okay good good yeah that's what i did i i record mine on on zoom and i just use the audio too but it's nice to be able to see exactly yes well yeah perfect okay so um, I guess, first of all, where are you at? Where do you live? I'm assuming your house. I'm in my house in Highland Park, Illinois, which is about 20 miles north oh. of Chicago. Okay. So you're really not that far away. No, I'm not that far away. I you're mean, it's, you're I my can, neighbor to the south. Yes, I can be in, in Wisconsin in probably like 35, 40 minutes. So you'd have to be fairly close to Gurney? Yeah, not too far. I mean, it'd probably take about 20 minutes from my house to get to Green. My daughter was actually at Six Flags yesterday. My boys are finally, my youngest is finally old enough, tall enough Mm -hmm. to ride all the rides. And I said, it's not worth going until you're tall enough. So the oldest has had to wait three extra years. (laughs) And because we've never, I've been there. They've never been there. And Uh they watch YouTube videos of the roller coasters and like, we we have to go sometime. So that's... It's a goal of ours to get. That yeah. Way. Yeah. I mean, I've got three kids and um, all three of them went through the the phases. My youngest is 17, um, but they all went through the phases where they had the season passes and they were going mm-hmm. to meet their friends there. Um, you know, that's that's a dream. I never lived anywhere near uh, an amusement park like that when I was growing up. So I would have loved it. But No kidding. We used to go. Um, my mom is one of 16 kids. Oh my gosh. And they're all the, the surviving members. There was a couple of family of 16 died in car crashes in Vietnam. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, then I talked an awful long time before I noticed that it cut me off. Okay. We, we would go down the surviving members, all the kids, cousins, you know, all 80 of us would go to a brewer game one time a year, like family reunion. And then the next day, the younger kids or whoever wanted to would go mm-hmm. to the Milwaukee Zoo. And the other kids and the older cousins oh, would yeah. go to Six Flags. Well, I'd been there year after year after year through my uh-huh. 20s, probably. But they've never been. But that was like, because when you buy your ticket, even back then, it was like, oh, if you come back tomorrow, yeah. it's like 10 yeah. bucks. Yep. Like it was mm-hmm. dirt cheap the second day. And we could never beg hard enough to get one of the aunts and uncles to say yes and <laughs> yeah. take us back the next day. So. I just, I really envy those who live close to something like that. But do your kids, I always wondered this also about touristy places. Do they look at it just like "Eh, Six Flags or do they understand how cool it is to live somewhere close to something like that? I think my kids are kind of jaded um, with 
with like living close to Chicago <laughs> and living like I live, I grew up in oh, Delaware, sure. rural, like surrounded by farms. It was not too far from the ocean. Sure. You know, I used to go to the beach a lot, but in the winter it was sort of like they mm. rolled up the sidewalks. It was really dead. And, um, it, you know, I, I don't think, I think my kids would die if they had to live the way that I lived growing up, you know, it's, oh, but, for you know sure. it's, it was well, back before I... the internet and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you had one corded phone exactly, in the kitchen of the exactly, house and that was it. Right. And it was, it had a long cord on yes. it. You know, you could try to get it, <laughs> pull it mm-hmm. into the other room. You try to explain to anyone under yeah 25 years old 30 years old maybe like you might have had a microwave i remember when we got it and i can remember when we got a vcr (laughs) too you know i remember yes as a small child we would go to the video Mm -hmm. store and rent a movie and and the vcr (laughs) because we didn't have because they you know it was a fancy thing and yeah, then your mom would be cussing <laughs> behind the TV trying to do? hook up. Yeah, the, how does I this can, work? I can imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So you're north of Chicago, obviously fairly close to yep. the border. What, uh, according to your thing here, I don't know if I can click off this without screwing it up. Um, executive and career yep. coach yep. is that's what you do now. That's what I've been is that doing what you since 2017? And before that, I worked for 30 years as a marketer, mostly in financial services. Actually, I used to spend a good amount of time in Milwaukee because I worked for uh, BMO Harris that bought M&I Bank. And then I had people that Mm -hmm. were on my team that were in Milwaukee. So every once in a while, I'd go up and work out of the Milwaukee office for a couple days. Sure. Well, that can't be. That if bad. you're that close to the border, that's what well, hour and I a mean, half maybe to Milwaukee. In the morning, in the morning, oh, freeway during rush driving. Hour, yes, now. I could get home in around an hour, <laughs> maybe a little, a touch over an hour in the evenings. Um, sure, that's yeah. a it's, little wind I mean, down honestly, time, I guess. Pretty much listen to music I, or whatever. I would commute into Chicago on the train, and it would take me basically an hour mm-hmm. and fifteen minutes door to door. You know, because I got to walk to the train and wait for the train and then yes. downtown and walk to mm-hmm. the office, you know, so. Okay, cool. So when what you do now, is it, do you like have to go into work or is it like what you're doing with me right now? Is it like kind of wherever, wherever you want to be, be is yeah, what you I, do? I talk to people on the phone or by Zoom, whichever they prefer. And, um, I, mm-hmm. you know, talk to people all over, all over the country. I actually have somebody I'm working with who's in the Dominican Republic right now. And it's, it's people that, yes. you know, are I'm, typically I'm working with people that are middle management and up and it's people that want to be more effective in their job. I also will work with people that are sort of at a crossroads and they're like, I don't know what I want to do next, or they're looking for a new job. Sure. So it's. And a lot of times I've worked people worked with people through the whole cycle <laughs> where they're like, you know, I'm not getting oh, along sure. with the head of sales. I need some yep. coaching. And then they end up uh, leaving mm-hmm. that job and need, needing help, um, you know, finding their next job. And then they keep me on to help them be successful in the next job. And it's I've gone through the cycles sure. with a few people. Well, that's that must mean they that you do good or they enjoy you yeah, or your I think, service or I think they do. You know what I mean? They wouldn't stick with you if yeah, it wasn't, I think they <laughs> if do. they didn't you like know, and, you. So and, uh, especially in big complex companies, 
it can be really difficult mm-hmm. to understand, like, number one, what the heck's going on around here? And if people are sure. working hard, they're not getting the results that they expect. A lot of times there are things that they're not seeing or they're they're not even imagining that there's something that they could do to get a different result. And, mm-hmm. you know, I... Sure. They, they, they don't, don't know what, know they, what don't they don't know, know kind of a thing. And, you know, and also for people that are in management and particularly people that have been, you know, uh, valued individual contributors moving into management, most companies do not train people mm-hmm. on how to manage effectively. And so a lot of times first time oh, sure. managers or maybe people that have moved from like managing a small team to managing a department that they will be stressing out and working super long hours because they don't realize, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, what the leverage points are. They don't understand what they need to do to fully leverage the resources that have been entrusted to sure. them. And so there's just, I mean, I worked for a long time and I, you know, was a director of marketing and I had up to 30 people on, you know, the team that I managed. And yep. so I fell on my face lots of times, <laughs> um, but I also <laughs> hired coaches and I did have a couple of really good mentors along the way that I always talk about it as sort of like them pulling back the curtain and saying, this is what's really going on sure. here. Because I was very naive and I, I, I was like a goody two shoes, you know, like, okay, well, if I just do the right thing, the, you know, good things will happen, sure. right? I'll be rewarded and I'll be able to move up in the organization and you can work your tail yes. off and, you know, just be stuck, um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's not that people don't have the talent or they're not working hard enough. There's just a few things that they don't know that they need to do to, to be able to move up or to be more, uh, you know, have more impact in their organization. Sure. Okay. So now looking back, because 2017, <laughs> you said? So yeah, four, four years. years, four mm-hmm. and a half years-ish. If you had to go back, would you have made the yeah, change absolutely. you did? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are yeah, you happy very, where you're very at Very happy now? that I am. Um, although Good. I will say that, you know, people have asked me like, what do you wish you knew when you made the change? And I'm like, I'm glad that I did not know. <laughs> you know, it, I would say like being being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. You know, like you've got to walk every every step of your own mm-hmm. journey. And you know, there have been yep. there have been ups and downs. Um, but you know, at every at every step of the journey, I've learned more. I've become more confident in myself. I've you know, I've learned about the reality of running your own business, which is, you know, by the way, you don't yep. get a direct deposit every two weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to say that that's the main concern I would think of most people is, is that you don't have a steady, uh, I don't want to say steady income because some people mm-hmm. are stable in their income, but it's not. It can Every be feast and famine, right? You know, I can have, I can remember, yes. you know, a couple of years ago, I had, you know, a couple of my best months, you know, I, I had a lot of new business coming mm-hmm. in and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to make it. And then uh, summer came and, uh, and it was just like <laughs> crickets. And I was like, oh, it's just, yep. you know, just really disheartening. But I've learned how to sort of you know, even out the ups and downs, just because I've been through the season sure. a few times now. And actually, I was just talking to somebody um, earlier today that I worked with a couple years ago. And, 
you know, she's kind of come to a place in her career and she's like, okay, I, I want to talk to you about some things that are going on and I might want to hire you again. So it's, it's getting to the point where I'm getting referral business and I'm sometimes working with sure. people again or again, or they're, you know, they're mm-hmm. sending people to me um, that are on their teams. Yep. So that's, that's the beauty. Like once you've kind of established that foundation and you've done good work with people yep. and then they, you know, they're telling their friends and co-workers so oh, yeah word of mouth yeah, yeah. Is, is huge even a lot of times people think that's only the case in a small community we know where everyone knows everyone if you're mm-hmm. a plumber and you do terrible work you're going to get two jobs before no one's going right. to hire you because everyone right. knows you do terrible work but now it seems that the internet has made everywhere a small community mm-hmm. you know what i mean if someone is looking for your service and somebody recommends them, they look it up like, oh, this seems legit. She seems nice. Let's give it a whirl. If you heard something bad, probably not even going to click yeah. on the website. So the fact that you're getting referrals, it's so easy for people to click away, yep, find someone true. else, you know, so that's good for mm-hmm. you, I guess, um, that you've, you know, not broken down and started <laughs> updating your resume when it was the slow months here and there because because you think the ship yeah. is sinking, but. Um, just to stick it out and know, you know, like you said, confidence in yeah. yourself. That's, I think, the biggest thing people need to have. One of the biggest things to leave someplace. Like, if you think you can't do it, oh, what is that saying? If you if you think you'll fail, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Like that. If you if you think, well, I can't do that. And then you still try it anyway. No, you'll sabotage yourself. I mean, that's actually one of the things that I work with people on all the time. I I always, um, people say like, okay, well, what's what's your coaching process? And I'm like, okay, the very first thing that we do is get clear on what people's goals are. Because a lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know, people usually will seek out a coach when they've tried a lot of things and it's not working. I mean, actually, you know, you even think about like in sports, like if you're a golfer or something like that and you're, you know, and you're. Um, mm-hmm. handicap is, is high, right. Or you're not able to drive or you're topping out the ball or not putting or whatever that it, it's not working. So yep. you hire somebody to help you. Um, but, uh, sure. and now I, I kind of lost, <laughs> lost, lost my train of thought. Oh. Uh, this is, I'm, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so happy you said that because like three times an episode, I'm like making this beautiful <laughs> point, all these perfect references and, then you lose and I get, yourself. and I'm like, and then, uh, and I, I have yeah. no idea well, what I, I even started now, talking which about. Is- um, it's about okay, getting clear on the goal because sometimes people are trying to escape from something yes. that's painful rather than go towards something that is going to be positive. And so we get clarity on the goal. We, can't, yeah, oh yeah, because you see it a good, lot of times, yeah, like if people don't like their job they'll, they'll often Mm -hmm. like just take the first job that gets offered to them. And it's really like jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. Right. Cause they're just trying to get away from something rather than saying like, you know, what, what What do do I I really want? Why is this not working for me right now? Um, but you know, along with getting clear on the goal, the other part is shifting the mindset to believe what you want is possible. Right. Because if if people don't mm-hmm. believe what they want is possible, they will sabotage themselves. You know, I mean, unfortunately, as sure. a coach, I can't pick somebody up and just plop them down where they want to be. But if yeah. I could, mm-hmm. if they were not in the right mindset to accept that, they would 
scurry back across the finish line and go back to where they were. People do it all the time. They sabotage sure. themselves mm-hmm. if they if their subconscious doesn't believe that the thing they want is possible. You know. Sure. Well, I, I, the area that I'm in is Medford. If Wisconsin's the mitten, we're mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. in the middle both ways, right in the middle. Um, close mm-hmm. to Wausau, I guess. Um, but it's uh-huh. a lot of factories. There's the big school district, there's the big hospital, and then there's factories. Oh, like yeah. Tombstone Pizza, they make here. Weather mm-hmm. Shield windows, Sierra Pacific windows. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So it's very easy to well, I'm not sure what I want to do, so I'll just get a job for the summer and then, you know, go to, mm-hmm. to the tech or whatever. All of a sudden, you're 38 years yeah. old and you've been working at a factory or they'll work there for two or three years, you know, enough to make a paycheck. And every time you see them, they're mm-hmm. miserable. They hate it. So what do they do? They quit <laughs> and go to the other like, factory. I was making windows, <laughs> now I'm making pizzas. And then, <laughs> yes. And then, you know, oh, then, you know, everything's good. You're like, cool people, great shift, great hours. Two years yeah. later, same yeah. thing. So it's they're more worried about just getting out mm-hmm. of where they are, not thinking about where you want yeah. to be, I guess, which is exactly what you're speaking to is you have to before perhaps stick it out a bit longer until you figure out what you want. Otherwise, you're just going to keep skipping it's, and skipping and skipping. It's very easy. Along. And I, I see this with a lot of people that. They just want to look at, you know, LinkedIn or Indeed and see what jobs are open, right? And mm. and say, oh, can I like shoehorn yep. myself into this job? They're not, they're not looking <laughs> sure. at. They're, and and a lot of times they'll be like, well, I think I could do that, right? Do they want to do it? Mm-hmm. Are they? I've done, I've done it, it too. myself. I've said I've it myself. I've done it too. Yes. You know, I, actually, some of the best advice that I got was when I graduated from college. My boyfriend's mom gave me this book called "What Colors Your Parachute." Um, which it's a career book. And it's kind of funny, like I, you know, I read that book in the 80s. um, But she said, do not interview or, you know, apply for any jobs until you read this book. And I'm so glad that Mm. she gave me that advice, because I just wanted to go out and get a job, right? I I wanted to go out and start making some money when I got out of college. And this book was all about really thinking about what are you good at? And what do you like to do first, and then narrowing down Mm -hmm the types of jobs that you're interested in. And so that, that got me focused on, uh, you know, things that were sort of like creative and communications related. So I was looking at marketing, publishing, Mm -hmm. nonprofits. My first job was with a magazine publisher and, you know, got my foot in the door, um, in marketing. And that was a really, really good career for me, um, until I made the switch to, to coaching, but you know, I'm kind of a, a people oriented person. I'm creative and that's, you know, sure. marketing is a great way to get paid to be creative and provide value for the yeah. business. True. Um, but otherwise, you know, who knows? I might've, you know, my sister, actually, my sister is a good example <laughs> that, you know, she got out of college and she um, took an administrative assistant job at an accounting firm. And uh, the, okay. I think one of the they were working on some kind of large class class action suit. Like they were doing the like record keeping or something for it. And the, the attorney sure. for that was um, Peter DeAngelis, which I think is one of the um, owners of the Baltimore Orioles. And so my sister was like, oh, well, this could be glamorous. Oh. She did not last six <laughs> months. She was like, all I do all day is just Xerox, Xerox uh, stuff all day long. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, You're, it doesn't say like door person at the skybox seats for right. the Baltimore Orioles. It says administrative assistant. Yeah. That's, yeah. You're aiming right. very high, exactly. but that's not exactly. what you're and doing. It wasn't, you know, and she didn't. Yeah. She's super, that's you know, funny. creative also, and she just, you know, she didn't go through the same mm-hmm. exercise I did, and ended up um, actually leaving that and waiting tables for like 15 years after that. <laughs> Well, and actually some of the, I really wish I could just bring a, I probably could, but some of the most interesting people, not most, I don't know. I enjoy talking to everyone and people make fun of me for it, like a a cashier Mm -hmm, or wait staff or whatever. You know, if they just have a 30 extra seconds and they just kind of stand around and BS while they're taking your order, they seem like normal people who don't need to text someone to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Where, where they where like right. you ask them something that's not a normal question and they uh-huh. crack a joke or they, you know, whatever like that's, you have to be a people yeah. person to do yeah. that because if not, you will spend half your time in the back just crying. Yeah. I would imagine because people can be jerks. So either you got to laugh at them, laugh with them or you yeah. can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all there uh, is. Yeah. I mean, she, uh, my sister, you know, ended up working at this like um, restaurant that was that was sort of like a landmark at near the beach or at the beach near where we grew up, and it was almost like a a family type environment, you know, both in that they had regular sure. customers, but you know, the people that worked there had worked mm-hmm. there for a long time, so that was a great um, that was a great experience for her. You know, it wasn't like she was working at Denny's or something like that. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was, you know, it was a, no, yeah, I know what you mean. It was like a higher echelon waiting job. You know, she got, you know, it was kind of expensive and made good tips Uh, and stuff. Yeah. Server as (laughs) Right. Right. Of course she's, she's, I mean, not, I know this isn't about my sister, but she went on to get a, she's she's not here. We can talk about her. It's fine. And, she already had a bachelor's degree, but she went back and got an associate's degree in architectural engineering. And so now she works for a custom home builder and she also does projects on Dang. her on her own on the side. So, you know, she's very talented in terms of like nice. being a designer, but also, you know, she knows how to like do, mm-hmm. you know, the designs for the interiors of homes in terms of like the blueprints and all that kind of stuff. So pretty cool. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Hmm. Well, what made my mind wandered, uh, because I have the attention span of a goldfish, but when we're talking about restaurants, what is your, like, oh, I'm going to treat myself tonight. I'm going to go get Well, I... Is it, like, Italian? Is it, do you stay home and eat candy bars all night? Like, what's your, what's your favorite? What do you you like? And I like Thai. Mm -hmm. I like Chinese. There's a, I'm, I'm, I like variety. (laughs) I do like Italian too, but I actually don't eat a lot of carbs. So, you know, that's a lot of the things that Italian, you know, I'll go and get like chicken Parmesan or, or eggplant Mm -hmm. Parmesan. Like that's good, good (laughs) stuff, but I'm not usually eating Mm, pasta. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, actually speaking of restaurants, I want to give you this story of, I was a waitress when I was in college and I worked, um, you know, sure. you probably heard Joe Biden's uh, summer or like his getaway is in Rehoboth Beach, which is the beach that was near me when yes. I was growing up. And when I was in college, oh, nice. I worked at this restaurant that was like right on a, a canal near near the beach. And 
um, he came in with his wife. He was the senator in Delaware, and he came in with his wife and his daughter, and I waited on them. Um, but, you know, this was like so long ago. I mean, it was probably like 1985. Sure. Um, but I knew who he was because he was the senator for our state. Yeah, so it's, he's it's so funny yes. that, you yep. know, many years later, it's like, oh, I waited on the president. <laughs> so now that he's president and I got you here, was he, I'm curious, did they yes, tip they well? Yes, they did. He was very nice. He and his wife <laughs> were very nice. And their daughter, she was, they, no, they weren't not jerks or anything really, really like nice. that. Good. Um, okay. And actually that summer, weirdly enough, that summer I also waited on Bill Roth. Uh, known for the Roth IRA. He was the other senator from Delaware. Oh, he was sure. not as nice. He was a little bit more curmudgeonly. <laughs> but it, well, but <laughs> I believe enough, that. I'm a little bit nerdy. I knew, I knew who Joe Biden was. I mean, he actually used to be very handsome when he was young. Um, and my mom kind of had a crush on him. <laughs> um, but uh, he was Fan. a senator from Delaware Fan. since 1972. Fan. So he was like sort of like a, you know, he was like oh, the, sh- you know, fixture. Everybody yes. knew who he was. Bill Roth just looked kind of yep. generic, yep. right? But I knew who he was and I waited on him. And then I guess, sure. you know, when I took his credit card, obviously I knew who <laughs> he was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it yeah. should make sense. Yeah. See, I've never had anyone in the tiny town in Wisconsin yeah, where no. nobody, <laughs> everybody goes. Everybody goes through here. Nobody yeah, comes yeah. to here because uh, they're all trying to get up uh-huh. to the Eagle River, Tomahawk, like the Northwoods yep. cabins. We're just like yep. the last stop for a gas station and yep. Walmart before yep. they head up. So um, people pass through. But um, for those who are are stuck in a factory and don't know what to do, if you want to rub it in a little bit, go ahead. But what? Like, what is your average, like a normal day for you? Oh, what a normal day for me is I usually start, um, you know, eight or nine o'clock in the morning and I'm doing um, calls with with people. I mean, I I will talk to people for about Mm -hmm. 50 minutes uh, at a time. I also, I mean, I do a lot of podcasts. I have my own podcast and I am, I guest on a lot of Mm -hmm. podcasts too. So my day is usually sort of mixed between client calls and, podcast appearances. So it's me talking on the phone or talking on, <laughs> on zooms all day. And sure. you know, the thing that, sure. that I actually really love is that I, we moved to the Midwest to Chicagoland here in 2005. Mm-hmm. We actually lived in North Carolina for close to 10 years before that. And I got recruited to okay. come out here and work for a bank. And, um, I was commuting downtown into the city for 12 years before I started my own business. Mm. And I never really got to see my town, you know, like I, I'm like leaving <laughs> mm-hmm. it like seven yep. 30 in the morning and I'm getting home yep. at like six 30 at night. And so it was very right. You know, one of the things that I love is that, okay, if I got a couple hours in the middle of the day, I'm going to go to target or something like that. I'm like just driving down the main street in my town. And I'm like, man, sure. it's so pretty. There's like so many trees and, you know, well, and if you're commuting to the city, and it's any time from November to March, you're leaving in the dark and it's dark yeah. when you get back. So yeah. you don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't I mean, see it. I got anything. a lot of flexibility, obviously. I mean, I went to the gym this morning. Um, sure. But, you know, I can just kind of like mix my my life in with what I do with my clients, right? And they can they can book on my calendar or if I'm, you know, if I'm working with people mm-hmm. over a course of time, like we'll just, you know, like, 
schedule every two weeks. We're going to meet at you know one o'clock on a Tuesday. Oh, it's the same time, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's just sort of mm-hmm. um, you know, it's check-ins with people. It's it's uh, helping them get clarity on the things that they're trying to make happen in their lives, coming up with a plan for it, and then I'm their kind of backstop. Right? They're going to come to me and say, "Yeah, like I did this, and here's how it worked." Or I didn't do this because I felt uncomfortable, you know, and we, you know, mm-hmm. we just talk about like, okay, well, what do you need to do differently? Do you want to do some role playing? Do you want to, you know, because people have, they do a lot of stuff like, oh, I have to, I have somebody on my team that's not performing and I need to have this conversation with them. And it's natural for people yep. not to feel comfortable to do that. But I also see a lot of times what people that are, you know, maybe they've been a a good individual contributor and they've been a strong player that a lot of times they will jump in yeah. and do other people's work rather than have that difficult conversation with them. And I'm like, you're, <laughs> no, that's not sustainable. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not right. Yes, yeah. for sure. Well, that's, I guess what I, what I want to say is that's nice. Like your day to day now, like if you want to schedule something, you can, If you don't and you want to take a walk, you want to go take your little drive, you want to go to the gym, you can. I I can. I mean, you know what I mean? Like just things you don't you don't think about until you can actually like I don't have to get up at six o'clock and get ready and be out Mm -hmm. of the door at seven only to know that I'm not going to be home until seven. Yes, it's it's nice. And that was I mean, I would say for probably a couple of years, it was hard for me to shake off that feeling like. I should be doing something different. Like, why am I not walking to the train? You know what? It's seven thirty in the morning, and I'm still in bed. You know because, like, you forgot something <laughs> almost. Like, I should—is there something I, I should be doing like right now? Like almost, I get that all the right? Time. I had to do it for so many mm-hmm. years, and and you know, when I was yep. working, if I was home, like on a Tuesday, it would feel like I was playing hooky. You know, and I and it took a took a while to get used oh, to the sure. fact, like you know, as long as you're making money, you can do whatever you want, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, I my this is just like a fun thing that I just all of a sudden decided I was going to do. I do. Uh, I was uh, actually worked for Charter for eight years, uh-huh. cable guy, uh-huh. in house stuff, and then I just they started switching our hours. We had to work four tens and one weekend day, and just got out of that and I always kind of putzed with the uh, like woodworky stuff. So I was just like, yeah, I'll do that. So for four years I had my own and it was like anywhere from full <laughs> kitchen cabinets to a, a yeah. dining room tables, chairs, benches, you know, just hey, send yeah. me a picture of what you want. I'll give you a price and I'll make it. And it was fantastic. But then I mean, with the internet now and Ikea and yeah. Amazon, people would send me a picture and say, I want this. And I'll say, okay, cool. Like, we'll discuss the kind of wood, the finish, whatever. And I give them a price and they're like, whew, I can get it for less than half from Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. go, go ahead. You know, that uh, well, right. I can't compete with. Do you want a quality piece of furniture that, that you can pass down to your children? Or do you want I made, <laughs> something that's going to last like yes. two and a half years? <laughs> yep. So that just yeah. got frustrating to me. And a friend of mine was had a brokerage mm-hmm. real estate place in town. So that's mm-hmm. what I do. And I was used to being like, I got this project. I have to be in the shop. Like this has to be done by this date. So there was some nights mm-hmm. where it was two, three in the morning where you're holding yeah. air dryers to get the paint to dry because deliveries the next day. And, and now for real estate, 
I'm actually in the back office of our office. My boss let me turn it into a studio. And uh, 90% of what I do, I can do from my mm-hmm. couch at my house. It's all email. It's all yep. phone calls, that kind of stuff. Yes, it will go into the office. But um, unless it's sure. a showing where you're in person, you're going there to take pictures of someone's house to list it and put the sign in or an actual closing. Mm-hmm. I feel bad, but I don't have to get up. You're working for impact. You're not making widgets. Uh, Right. And that's. Yeah, I can. Yeah. uh, I mean, I sent laying in bed one eye half open this morning and I got a third shifter who is in the process of purchasing a house through me right now. And, you know, of course, they'll send you an email or a text in the middle of the night. I don't get Mm -hmm. it until the morning, but um so, you know, 6.15 in the morning, one eye open, <laughs> laying on my back in bed, replying yep. to an email. That's and okay. like, I don't have to, I don't have to yep. get dressed to do 90% yep. of what I do during yep. the day. It's great. I love it. And then this, like I said, is just because real estate, you talk to people like, give me your questions. Yeah. I'll find some answers and I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. Like succinct. It's short. They just want me to make the process mm-hmm. easy and it's done. But there's no conversation. Yeah, there's really no mm-hmm. talking, you know what I mean? Because they're busy. I'm busy, that kind of thing. So I was just like, I like podcasts. I don't really know anything about one particular <laughs> thing where yeah. I could do a theme, you know, like this. Yeah. This is what we're talking about for every episode for five years. So I was like, what if I just had some friends who I thought were funny and we would maybe have a drink and yep. sit down and talk? And then that well ran dry real quick because everybody's like, oh, I don't I like the sound <laughs> of my voice. I don't want to be recorded, whatever. So I happened upon that site where it puts the yeah, podcasters the with guests yeah. or vice versa. Yeah, which I had to explain to several people like it's it's for <laughs> <Right>. podcasters. <laughs> it's for because the first I had my first one a couple days ago and it was with a gentleman from uh, he's just starting his own podcast. He's out in California. Um, ex-military uh-huh. guy, just him and a couple buddies just kind of doing a little round table where they talk about whatever. So I wasn't really thinking about it, but I told my sister, I said, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I got a meeting uh, doing a, a recording with a, a guy I met on a matchmake site on the internet. And she was like, you're what? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's, it's for podcast. It's dot FM. It's not dot com. It's, a, it's for podcasters. Yeah. Yes. But I was just, I was trying to doing research into finding out what yeah. the best remote recording mm-hmm. thing was because it's such a small area. I don't want to have the same person yeah. on 19 times right. locally here. And that this, that matchmaker popped up as an ad and I was like, oh. and then I saw it was for podcasters. So I clicked on it and I was like, well, what, there's the free thing, you know, trial or whatever. Well, give it a whirl. And I think I had 17 messages the next day. And I was like, this is this is a real thing. This is fantastic. So uh, I guess, you know, thank Uh, you for joining me. I'm happy to. I mean, it's it's fun. I I, I love podcasting. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I just like if this if I get paid to do this, (laughs) you'd see a happy me. (laughs) But it's I just enjoy it like Anything and everything someone could talk about. Movies, music, jobs, work, aliens. Well, I don't care. I'm game. Those, right? and, and I was 
I was actually oh, even thinking to about, you know, when you were talking about the matchmaker, <laughs> I mean, there's like some edgy, you know, edgy ones, which are like, as long as mm-hmm. you're, you feel comfortable talking about, you know, your intimate life. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't think that's one I'm going to pitch myself for. Well, but <laughs> Yes. And I was browsing through some of them because they have, as you're looking for guests or finding shows, like the categories you mm-hmm. can filter it by, they're oddly specific, but yet there's a bunch that aren't there mm. either. You know what I mean? That I feel like there yeah. almost should be more. So it's like I want like life experience. And that falls under the um I'm gonna screw up the letters. Oh, oh the my L- god. The L G T B Q plus. Yeah. Yes. It's it falls under that heading. But that's the only one that's right, in that's there for life sense. experience. Should be the other way around. So, <laughs> so, I don't want. I don't. If someone wants to come on and they're funny and they're interesting and they've had experiences in the LGTB plus yeah. Q, <laughs> I'm gonna screw it up again. Um, if they've in, you know in that realm, that's cool too. But what I'm mainly looking for is life experience mm-hmm. in general, not specific to right. that realm. Just like if you've had an mm-hmm. interesting background, if you've had, I don't care if it's happy, if it's sad, if it's tragic, whatever, like just an interesting story. Because if you grew up, you went to school, you, you know, picket fence and you've been at that job since, probably not going to be that interesting yeah. to talk to. <laughs> you know, it's just it's no nobody can relate to that. I want somebody who's, you know, fell on hard times and has mm-hmm. been broke and quit their job to do something on their own, you know, just random things. So that's, that's the whole reason I'm doing this is to meet people like you, I guess. I'm happy to be here. Um, I, I actually have had probably more unusual things happen to me when I was a kid than even as an adult. I, I don't know if I told you this and in my pitch to you, but Um, my parents were 16 and 21 when I was born. So my mom, you know, dropped out of high school, uh, back in the sixties when, you know, five year age difference, I suppose, wasn't criminal. (laughs) back then. But, you know, they got married (laughs) and uh, my dad ended up, uh, Uh he was like a school bus driver or something when they, when they got married, but he, uh, got a job with AT&T and he's a handy kind of electrician type guy, he welder, he can do all kinds of stuff like that. But, um, he's, he's He's a a dad. dad. He's a definitely like kind of blue collar, Mm -hmm. I can do anything kind of dad, which was great role model for me for sure. But, um, the job that he took with the telephone company was they were burying all the long distance cables throughout the Southeast. And so he was, you know, part of this work crew that would go from place to place to place. And so, you know, our young little family, they ended up buying a trailer, hitching it up to the back of my dad's truck. And I ended up moving more than 40 times by the time I was 11 years old. You did tell me that, and that was I was on my notes, but my notes are way over there, and I'm too lazy to go get them. But um, how well, was that? Know, my my really early you days, in school or like well, school in to school? the early days, I don't really think it impacted me too much, right? Whenever I was a baby and a toddler, and yeah, you know, preschool or that sure, kind of thing, sure. because really, you're. I I think I can remember being about 
three years old and I was friends with the little boy in the trailer park that we lived in and we were getting ready to move. And I do, I, that was like the first time I remembered feeling sad about like, Oh, you know, this little time is not going to be my friend. I'm going to miss my friend. But um, when I got into school and I have, um, you know, two sisters as well. um, And Younger, a young mom was 16 when she had me. It would be, man, it would, that would be really kind of. Gotcha. Good good point. They're they're younger. You weren't from Alabama, so it's okay. Right. (laughs) I'm sorry, Alabama. We love Um, you. Well, Anyway, when we got when I got into school, my dad a lot of times we we would just stay in one place for the school year, um, for the most part. I mean, there were a couple times whenever oh, okay. like maybe we yep. moved in October, but for the most part, I was in one school sure. for the whole school year. But you know, different states. Like I went to k- kindergarten in Richmond, Virginia, and went to first grade in Pennsylvania, and second grade in Ohio. Like just, um, but my dad a lot sure. of times would have to like travel. And, you know, stay in a hotel, like he might be gone for a couple of weeks, depending on how far away it was, he might like be in a hotel and just come home every other weekend. Um, But that was hard. Mm. It really was. I can remember my mom, you know, telling me like, okay, we're going to move and, you know, just crying my little eyes out because, you know, it's hard to uproot yourself and have to go and make new friends and always be the new girl. Um, But yes. And kids are yeah. mean, or kids yeah, can I mean, be mean. I actually don't remember too much people. I mean, yeah, there are always like some bullies, but I also think that like I learned how to be resilient, and also yeah, I had to. Had to but I there always was there would always be somebody in the class that would be like, I think they almost like it was like a feather in their cap to be like friends with the new girl. There would be like sure. somebody that would be like, okay, <laughs> yeah. you're going to yes. be my new best friend. And do you want to come to a sleepover at my house? And yeah. Whatever. So I was always, I always felt like somebody would come and take me under their wing. Um, but also, sure. you know, when you have been through that, like even people that bullied me, I was like, I made a tougher stuff than this. Right. Like you don't know, like you might be oh, trying sure. to bully me on the playground and I'm like, this ain't nothing. Right. Like I, I've been around the block a few times. Yeah. I might be eight years old, but <laughs> I've had yeah. to adapt. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be. Uh, I just, we moved once. Uh, my parents were separated before I was, uh, I don't know the timeline of things, but I have no memory of them uh-huh. in the yeah. same house together. So, I mean, I was mm-hmm. baby, baby, baby when they had separated. And I was six or seven, late 80s, mm-hmm. 87, 88, something like that. Um, she remarried and we moved two hours away. So I was in first grade and like that one move, my poor sisters were in, oh, I think gosh. seventh and yeah, eighth grade or tough. sixth and seventh grade. So they had their core girlfriends. Cause they were going from a tiny town, tiny, tiny, like the graduating class, I think was mm-hmm. 30 kids to Phillips, which had about a hundred. Um, so yeah, <laughs> bigger big, in comparison, yeah. but yes. And just, I remember them just in tears. Yeah. Like it's cause at right. that age, yeah. Kids are mean. And nothing against girls, girls but are girls mean. are mean. Yeah, I mean, there's not a movie called right. Mean Boys. There's a movie called Mean Girl. Like they, they yeah. just can yeah. be mean at that age. <clears throat> so I was glad that if we had to move, we yeah. moved when I was that young. Because I always felt bad for kids, especially yeah. high school years, 
like you go to school with the same kids and then the last year you move mm-hmm. two states away. Like everyone you've ever known is over there. And nowadays yeah, it's much internet, easier than yeah, it was back then to sure stay in is. touch. Yes. But uh, I mean, like if you didn't get the kid's phone number before you left, right. you never it's, talked to him again. Total, totally true. It, it really <laughs> it's, is true. It's funny. Um, you know, my oldest son, when he went to college, he was dating a girl that was two years behind him in school. And, um, mm-hmm. and I just thought, you know, like when I was in high school, I had a boyfriend who was um, out of school and um, I ended up breaking sure. up with him as soon as I got home for Thanksgiving <laughs> because, you know, you get away, I mean, <laughs> honestly, you get away to college and it's like you're a kid in the candy store, right? Yes. You're like, whoa, there's so many cute boys here. Um, and I'm like, you know, but, and I kind of thought that he would end up breaking up with his girlfriends, but he didn't because you can stay in touch, right? You can FaceTime, you can text, you can, sure. you know, you can stay in touch on a regular yep. basis and keep the relationship going, which, you know, back when I was in college, there was like one phone on the hall hallway, and there was always like some girl named Kelly <laughs> that was on it with her boyfriend for like four hours. And then, you know, you'd yep. have to like write letters, yep. Yep. and a lot of people weren't good at doing that. I don't remember the last time I got yeah. a letter. Right, like it's a like letter, maybe a letter. birthday card I, or like something. Like a, a, right. a written right. letter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, where you write, you know, right, love exactly. you, mom. Happy birthday. You know, something yeah. on the bottom. But an actual mm-hmm. letter. I know. Um, my dad actually does. I talk to my dad about five times a week. My sisters do a little bit less. So he writes. They they mm-hmm. write each other just because they're very busy. Um, so they do their weekly or biweekly letters that they send back and forth, which is super cute. But and I'm not complaining that I don't get, <clears throat> excuse me, the letters. It's just that it's something nobody does. It's funny. It's it like really a novelty is. thing to write a it letter really to is, someone. It's kind of funny, isn't it? I I used to be. It's like the world's I longest. I used to be text. a pretty good uh, letter writer. My mom worked at the post office, so I guess maybe it was sort of like in my blood. <laughs> You know? Sure. We yeah. had stamps. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Smuggle them out of there. <clears throat> so where were you? You said you had moved like forty-ish times mm-hmm. before you were eleven. Did your dad? Did he get yeah, a different actually, job? Was well, something happened? Why you stopped yes. moving? I guess. And um, <clears throat> my parents were having marital difficulties, which you can imagine, right? Like if you're sixteen and twenty-one and you're getting married because there's a baby on the way. That's not the ideal, that's not the oh. ideal uh, situation. And then, you know, like once you get married, then you're yeah. moving all over the place constantly. Uh, my mom wasn't mm-hmm. very happy. And, uh, you know, it's, this is what my dad t- sure. has told me that she wanted him to get a job that didn't require him to move so much. So he ended up uh, getting a mm-hmm. job with Diamond State Telephone, which was you know, I don't know how many of your listeners know about the, you know, the bell system, which was AT&T and then the baby bells, sure. the My baby bell. bells were like the yep. state one. So he got a, a job with the Delaware sure. baby bell and, you know, Delaware is a small state. Okay. So even if he had to like go, there's only three mm-hmm. counties. So, and you could drive between, <laughs> you know, the, the most Southern and the most Northern in like two hours. So he, he got that job. Yes. We ended up um, moving to this cute town. They bought this uh, kind of Victorian home that had been owned by a sea captain mm-hmm. and they were going to redo it. Um, and it sounds like it, a movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because my parents, they, um, the house that they owned before we moved to Delaware, we lived in Northern Virginia and they bought this house that I think a bunch of hippies lived in. I remember it. It was like the seventies. And I remember like the kitchen was painted red and purple by the way. And there was like a, you know, posters glued to the walls. It was, it was hideous, right? Oh yeah. I think they got it for Mm -hmm. a song. And you know, my, I said, my dad can do everything. Like he pretty much can. They tram, they flipped that Mm -hmm. house. I mean, they flipped it for us to live in, but sure. You know, they were having the marital difficulties and I guess he was having to travel a lot and she was like, uh, uh, so they moved to Delaware with this idea. They, they bought this big, beautiful home. I mean, it was old, but and it needed to be yep. renovated and they started doing it and then they ended up getting divorced. But it, I ended up in Delaware from fifth grade till I graduated from high school. Um, and it's, did you find that it was strange? Did you enjoy the being there or did you um, miss the travel? Well, I think that what I would say a little is of both, that maybe? I was, you know, it's funny to say about an 11 year old, but I was kind of worldly, you know, I'd (laughs) been in a lot, I'd lived in a lot of different places and I knew that there was Mm -hmm. a bigger world out there. Right. Even though I never like lived in New York city or anything like that, but I'd been, been around and we moved to an area, Delaware's on a peninsula. There are people Mm -hmm. that intermarry, like in the town that I lived in, you know, it's like, lots of cousins and people, you know, that they're, that never really leave there. Mm-hmm. And so for me, sure. I always felt like kind of a duck out of water in a way or fish out of water. Um, because sure. I just didn't really fit in with the way, you know, I just knew there was a bigger world sure. out there. Yep. Um, I mean, I did fine. I mean, I liked the fact that we lived near the beach and I loved going to the beach oh, yeah. and, um, you know, it's funny because, when I was growing up there, we moved there in the seventies. Um, it was a cute town because it had had some wealth back in like the 1800s. It had been a shipbuilding town because there's like a, like a creek that goes out to the Delaware Bay. And I guess there was like a lot of timber there. And so they would build ships. Oh, sure. And you know, like I said, the house that my parents bought had been a ship captain's house, you know? So I suppose that, you know, that's, but now there's a lot of people. You're not, you're not poor as right, a captain. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, there were nice, these nice houses. Um, but it was, it was kind of a boring place to, <laughs> I, I don't know. There was like a little downtown, you know, like there was a, this one place called Sam's sure. apartment store, which was like probably about as big as a seven 11. Um, but it had, he had everything in there. He had like shoes and yes. pants and, Mm-hmm. The g- the it, it general really store like a, almost yes, where you have everything and everything yeah. there, but you know they had yeah. a hardware store yeah. and a dime store. I think the yeah, old people they, call them. Our, whatever, we had yeah. a little downtown mm-hmm. that had like a little diner and a little grocery store, and it, so it was kind of cool, right? It was, you know, it wasn't like sure. there was nothing. You know, it was a little town, but there were like maybe two thousand people that lived in the town when I grew up, sure. and um, you know, so it was, it was, I. Let's just say when I got out of college, I did not plan on going back. There was not, there's nothing to, you know, I really couldn't get 
like there weren't any really professional jobs there, right? Like there were a lot of farmers. There were a lot of sure. people that worked in real estate because yep. it was close to the beach. And, you know, people from like New Jersey yeah. and Pennsylvania would come down and go to the beach on the weekends and stuff like that. A lot of, lot of yep. stuff focused yep. on, you know, kind of tourism and resorts. But it was like farming and sure. resorts. Not a lot besides yep. that. Yep. For what you were doing. Well, that's... I missed out on a lot of that, and I've talked about this before to other people, but being a fairly small town in Wisconsin, there's not, like, there is right. no ocean. There is no, like, we have the North Woods, but if you live there, it's yeah. just woods. It's yeah, not yeah, the yeah. North Woods. <laughs> it's just the woods. Um, but there's, the people who left never yeah. came back. Like, they would come back to visit, you know, if they mm -hmm. still had parents or family or whatever. <clears throat> but nobody ever left, went off to college, and then purposefully yeah. moved back to that area for the most. And I'm right. talking in generalities here. There was always the handful that did. And yes, it's a beautiful area mm -hmm. with the chain of lakes and all that kind of stuff. But just there's unless you're doing something on your own. There's, or yeah. one of the small industries mm -hmm. that are there. There's yeah. nothing. There's 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 yeah, just nothing professional professional job wise. Anyway, there there isn't anything. People there. It's that too I rural. went to high school with the ones that came back, their parents owned businesses. Like there were people that owned sure. hotels, right? So you know, like somebody yeah. I went to high school yeah. and actually he married a girl that I went to high school with too, and they're they're running hotels. Um, that was the family business. There's another guy whose family owned a big realty yep. company. And, you know, so they're like buying and selling and building, developing sure. um, homes for yep. tourists and retirees and that kind of thing. And even my sister, you know, like she's basically yep. serving the people that are retiring and moving to the beach. You know, she's either renovating, renovating oh, sure. old homes yep. to modernize them or she's working with people to build mm -hmm. their retirement home or their vacation home you know sure. but it's not it's not yep. something that you know there's not like sort of a real industry besides things that are based on sure. um, you know location yeah so you go to school somewhere for marketing for four years, you come back. Not there's really, nothing for no. you there I, in marketing. I moved to <laughs> you know Boston what I mean? when I got out of college, and it was it was kind of random because my boyfriend in college was from Massachusetts, and I graduated, and he was like, "Why don't you just come up and visit for a while?" And so I went up to visit, and I thought, "Well, I'll just look for a job," <laughs> and I ended up getting one. Sure. And, you know, like I said, his mom was like, "Here, read this book before you look for a job." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yes, yeah. Um, I actually have a call at. Um, 12. So just FYI, we can cut it okay. off whenever you want, <clears throat> whenever yeah, you I mean, want. I, I would love to continue talking. Cause I, I love, I love talking and, um, <laughs> no, that's, and that's on that online calendar thing. It's the weirdest thing because in my, on my end, it says noon. And then when I get the email, it's like, Oh, it's starting soon. And I was like, yeah, I got an hour and a half. And I went and looked at the details and it was like, no, it starts at 11 oh, ends at noon. And I was like, oh, good. I guess I'll have to shower and speed into town and get like I was just at home with like a white tank top and basketball shorts on just sending okay. some emails. I was like, ah, come on, you got to 
give me a better warning. Because then I thought, well, maybe maybe it was your well, time. I mean, we're in the same time zone. But then I looked. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, central exactly. time. Exactly. So it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. Very frustrating. All this Internet stuff. I'm not quite too old to figure it out. I just maybe don't want to yet. But oopsie. I keep dropping this dang thing. Tips over. Well, yeah, I guess thanks for coming on. And as I like to do with people, just as a thank you for, for being a guest, um, just one more time in your own words. It doesn't have to be a long spiel. Just tell people kind of what you do and how they can get a hold yeah, of you. Sure. A little thank promo you. for I yourself. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Yeah, so I'm no Terry problem. McDougal and I'm an executive and career coach. I help people be more effective in their jobs or find uh, a career that's a good fit for them. I'm also the author of a book called Winning the Game of Work, Career, Happiness, and Success on Your Own Terms. People can find me at terrybmcdougal.com or on LinkedIn, and my handle there is terrybmcdougal. And then finally, if you're into uh, podcasts and you have any kind of interest in marketing and or interesting people, I have a podcast called Marketing Mambo, and you can find that at marketingmambo.net. Perfect. All right. Well, I will put some links to that stuff in the show notes when okay, I post great. it also. Um, but yeah, I guess if you game to do it again sometime and you have an opening, let me know. Yeah. Other than that, uh, thanks for, I'm thanks happy. for being I mean, on I, I really enjoyed our conversation, so I'm happy to come back on whenever. And I've got lots of stuff I can talk about. <laughs> good, good. Less work stuff yeah. next time. We'll talk about movies oh, and yeah. food and High school oh gosh, drama yeah, stories be, and all kinds I, of stuff. <laughs> I've got a million of them. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, you have fun. Get to your meeting here on time, and we'll talk to you soon.